Hi everyone, this is Lisa Welsh with Vitality Farms, and welcome to Microgreens for growers and consumers. I hope you guys are having a wonderful day today, and today we're going to get jump started on, well, not just two topics, but today I'm going to jump in three, and I'm still going to try to keep this short and sweet. So buckle up, put on your seatbelt, because you already know I talk fast. So trying to get through a few things today and I'm probably going to talk even faster. No mind though, you guys can keep up. And if you can't, I'll put a link to my notes in the show notes. So first one, we got nasturtium. Nasturtium, what is that? Well, it's a flower, but it's also a microgreen. So it's a flower that you can eat that tastes very good. Or does it taste very good? Nasturtium is one of those interesting ones. I don't care for the taste of nasturtium. It's too peppery for me. So that's what the flavor is. It is a peppery type flower, or flavor. Did you know, and I don't know if you knew this because I didn't know this until I read it, that nasturtium is actually made up of 80 different plant species in the Tropilocus brassinicus family? That's a lot of different plant species to make up nasturtium. But they are gorgeous, right? Well, they're gorgeous because there's so many flowers and there's such such a wide array of colors. And that's what I do like about nasturtiums. Um, they actually consider that every part of nasturtium is edible. We have not grown them yet to flower and then eat them from basically flower. Uh, we just basically grow them to microgreen stage and eat them there. I shouldn't say we. Let's keep it real. I don't do the growing. That's the husband. My husband has become an excellent uh, cultivator of the microgreens. I run all the other stuff, which honestly is a very nice way to divide the labor. Although I think sometimes we could do it a little bit better and hopefully we're going to keep working on that. Um, meaning that sometimes he gets bogged down on like, harvest days and on planting days. He's got a ton of work and I don't have as much. And then there's some days where I have a ton of work and he doesn't have as much. So I mean more is like just to make it a little more balanced for each of us and try to give each other a hand when we can. So the leaves of nasturtium are peppery and delicious, some people say. They taste to me like watercress and the mustard greens, two of the other microgreens I'm not particularly fond of. I don't like a lot of um, that, I guess, peppery flavor. Um, and again, most people refer to them as your edible flower because most people eat them because of the vitamin C so they eat them at the flowering stage but that's how they help you with your health is they have a good source of vitamin C and it's rich in antioxidants and other nutrients so they contain what is it 130 milligrams of vitamin C per 3.5 ounce serving which is similar in amount to nutrient dense parsley what does that mean to you well, it means they're nutrient-dense, of course, and they have a lot of vitamin C. That's basically what you got to take from that. Um, they also have potassium, phosphorus, magnesium, calcium, magnesium, copper, zinc, and iron, of course. They're also high in antioxidants, so the same as most of the other microgreens that we've been talking about for the last, I don't know, it feels like forever, but really it's only been two months. Um, they also have an antibacterial and anti-inflammatory effect. So there are studies that show that the extract, um, when rubbed on your skin, has those effects 
Um, now, I did read in one of the studies, I think it was on nasturtium, that there haven't been enough tests done to definitively say that there is no risk to, um, I guess, humans if we eat copious amounts of nasturtium. I don't know anybody eating copious amounts of vegetables, but if I did, I don't necessarily know I think any of them would pick nasturtium as their favorite one. But nonetheless, science doesn't have an answer for us yet. So, that's all I can tell you. But from eating average amounts of nasturtium, there's no effect. Um, and in Germany, here's something weird. In Germany, licensed doctors prescribe, what do you think? They prescribe nasturtium and horseradish root to treat acute cyanitis and bronchitis and urinary tract infections. Could you believe that? I go to the doctor, and instead of giving me a pill, brought in by Big Pharma, mm-hmm, yep, I said it, they actually tell you to go back to the earth and get, get some, like, some horseradish root and some nasturtium? What? Man, in Germany, they're doing things that are really crazy, I'll tell you that. Anyhow, long and short, nasturtium's good for you, has a tangy flavor, to me it's a little too harsh, but again, I'm very very mild-tempered when it comes to my flavors on my food the blander the better I know that sounds weird but that's just how I am I don't like a lot of flavor um, but if you want I'll also throw in a link to a nasturtium pesto so if you're like my husband or you like a little bit of pepper a little flavor go ahead and try that pesto and if you do try that pesto let me know how you like it because I want to hear your thoughts on nasturtium. Alright, see look at how fast we're moving. Moving on. To onion. What? Wonder what you think I'm gonna say that tastes like, right? Nah, you guys are too smart. Okay, we have onion microgreens. Some people call them leeks also, or chives. I mean, I really feel like they're the same thing. People will say that technically there's a little bit more garlic and whatnot, and they're a little bit different. But man, I don't know. Onion tastes like onion. It tastes like onion. Um, now, I don't mind the flavor of of the onion microgreens. Probably because it is a little more downplayed than the original. It took me until I was in my 30s before I ate onions. They like said, y'all, I'm a little weird with my eating style. So, I'm just going to tell you that up front. So that if you don't like something, you can be like, but you told me. But I told you nothing. So... When you do onion microgreens, they take a long time to come up. A long time to grow. Bonus, you cut them, they're going to grow back. You can get a second and third cutting, however, from onion microgreens. And unlike with the rest of our microgreens, the growth comes from bottom of the stem, not the top. So the yield will be less on the second cutting but we think it's um, it seems to be worth it to keep them around for another harvest. Now, what you want to think about is because they grow so thin and so tall, you can grow a ton of them in a small tray. Therefore, um, what you want to do is instead of doing like a 10 by 20 tray, unless you like literally have an order for that, I would do a 5x5 five five or a 10x10 10 10 or a make up my own measurement. I would do a 5x10 because that would work too. Um, 
but you want to go a little bit smaller and I think that's important so for the most part and then you oh and then see it's noon wash your hands it's time for lunch these are the things that happen in my house all the time I'm so surrounded by the government who's listening to me all the time I've just given up so instead I speak very craziness to all of my machines because my house is literally wired for sound um typically most people buy the white bunching onions or um, American flag leeks and they put them out they shake them the seeds are really tiny um, and you're gonna want with this variety I don't usually give you this information but with this one you're gonna want about 30 seeds per square inch okay so just think about that um, it's about between 350 to 400 seeds per gram um, and there's about mm, 10 12,000 in, in one out in one uh, in one ounce of seed so because of the way the seeds are I'll give you a little bit more of a heads up on that one again but you're gonna want to put in there what feels right what looks right and then as it grows how it turns out I usually do whenever I get a new crop I do a 5 by 5 first actually I like I said I don't do it my husband does I basically hand him the packet and I say here you go and hopefully he doesn't look at me with a crazy look instead he just says okay and he he makes it but um, so anyhow the other thing too is you might notice that there might be a little bit of mold because they sit under the in dark out for a little bit longer than most of your other crops but again hit it with the peroxide and water and you're good to go um, if you need numbers as far as the dilution rate between the hydrogen peroxide food grade and water I believe it is in the link on my show notes already as far as that PDF you can download um, and that's basically how you grow them a lot of people really like them the problem with a lot of people liking them is they're they weigh very little so you're not gonna be when people talk about pricing and how to price them people get a lot, very confused because they're like well I can't price these the same way well no you shouldn't I price mine very differently from probably almost everyone I've met so far um, I price my microgreens in tray quantity so I know how much the tray costs me to make I know how much time my husband put in to make it grow and I know all that and I know what I need to make as my number as my lowest number possible for that tray my highest number possible for that tray then I take that and I divide that out and I figure it out from there and then I have things going on and it works out so in addition to doing that with the microgreens um, like I said I let my husband do most of the growing because he does it so much better than I do and then once he's done with it he tells me what the weight is and then I just do the math and then we, we tray it up accordingly so that's kind of how we do that in a real real quick overview but here's the one thing I wanted to mention to you today also hopefully keeping within my time because I am very vested in the idea of how long this should take one because my house is just too darn crazy for it to be any longer than that it just couldn't handle it and two um, I used to listen to podcasts on my way to work I now wish I had a drive to work I do not 
I barely have to get out of bed. And I'm already right there by the farm. So, <laughs> so I know about how long my drive was. So I try to very intentionally to stay within that time. Because if you guys are actually willing to listen to me, then I want to be considerate of your time. And I want to try to give you as much information as possible, as fast as possible. Ooh, that reminds me of something else too. Okay, two more things. You ready? We've got this. Okay, number one. If you come and reach out to me via Facebook or Messenger, thank you. If I don't tell you, thank you for reaching out. But I'm going to tell you the truth. Right now, I've been so busy. I have not probably been as good as I should be with my responses and with my time. Not because I mean to be, but because I have a lot on my plate and there's some things I'm trying to work out um, for our business. Because we're going to be shifting in a little more of a direction and I need to make sure that this shift goes off as much as it can be without any hitches. So because of that, I'm barely going on to Facebook other than to just like say a few things and then I leave. So if you message me and I don't get back to you, please, you have my phone number or if you don't, it's on our website, text me. I may respond better that way because I'll know if you're actually trying to reach out. Sometimes I don't usually post my own social media stuff, um, so I won't see it all the time. Or if I do post it, I post it several ahead of time so I won't always see it. And then sometimes I post it right as it happens. Because if it's good enough, I just have to do it right then and there. So, now you know that. So that, oh, what I was going to say was, if you want to talk to me and you have like serious questions, like serious questions, like how much profit do you make on this? And how do you determine that? And how do you get funding for that? Or how did you get a grant to pay for all that? I got no problem talking to you. But I'm going to tell you like this. My time is a valuable resource to my family and to myself. And I'm not saying that because I'm like, think I'm better than anyone. Because I don't. But I do know that sometimes people hit me up with questions that require mm, a substantial amount of my time. And while I don't mind helping people out, I had to learn those lessons. I had to pay a cost and a price to do all that. So if you would like those answers, you can certainly get them. But I need you to compensate me for my time. So there's a book like a boss page. You can certainly reserve a slot of time with me. And I'm not doing this to be mean, but I'm doing this to say I need boundaries in place for my family and I to have a life. Um, when I can't go out to eat with my husband or anything really because my phone goes off and people have these questions and they're important and they want an answer now because they have this thing coming up and I feel I can feel like I can help them and I want to, I have been. But up till now, my husband and I have came up with a decision that I will help you, but I have an appointment schedule on my calendar that tells you when you can set up a half hour increment with me. Please do it. Just please, because I could not believe how many questions I've been being asked, but I appreciate it. Just that's my only thing. Okay, so that wasn't my main point either. The main thing I want to talk about was the number one question I get asked. Because I feel like if I answer it enough, you guys will get it, and then I won't be asked it. Can you, and should you, would you, will you, make money selling microgreens? Hmm. So. Can you? Yes. Should you? Yes. Would you? I don't know. And, um. Here's the thing. 
you should make money doing any business that you do. It depends on how you set up your business. Are there businesses that can go wrong? Yes, think about it. We launched our business two months before, or two months before the end of the last year. And not last year, 2019, COVID hit. They shut things down in March. We were at farmer's markets in January, so we had two months to work our business before we were shut down by an apparent pandemic. Scary. And we are still here. And there have been a lot of people who, during the pandemic, decided to get into the microcream business, and they also have decided to get out of the microcream business. There's a lot of things going on in the world, and the biggest thing you can do is look at what you can do and do it well. One of the hardest things for me is I like to do everything. My husband likes to do something and do it well. We are polar opposites in almost everything that we do, which in a lot of cases would be a real problem. However, if you're working together and you can just remember that you appreciate the differences, then it's not so bad because all the things I'm horrible at, he's great at and vice versa. So we don't have to necessarily go outside of our company to find someone who can assist us all the time. Um, or find a way to put a hole. I put it as like my balloon popper, you know, like somebody who just like hits you with that realism and you're like, man, I didn't think of that. And I like to be on, you know, cloud 987, you know, the high one, way up there, um, with some crazy scatterbrained idea that I think is just going to make us rich. And then sometimes there's days where my husband is absolutely looking at things. And because we both have such varied backgrounds, it really is an asset. Um, so can you make money? Yes. Should you make money? Yes. What do you do if you're not making money? Well, honestly, <laughs> you should probably schedule a call with me where you can sit and listen to my husband and I probably spitball you a whole bunch of ideals that would work in your area. Um, because part of the key to making money is knowing where you are, knowing everything about where you are. So if I'm in a really, really busy city like uh, New York or London, where there's a lot of people crunched in a very small space, guess what? I'm gonna focus on subscription customers. You know why? Because they're already locked up in these like small areas. I can get to a whole bunch of them really fast. And if I plaster the area in just the right way, I can get a lot of customers. Now, if I live in like Dubuque, Iowa, which is where I went to college, mm, not so much. There, I'm looking at farmers markets, networking, maybe some CSAs, that type of thing. Um, I wouldn't even say if I was in, let's see, if I was in LA, no, I definitely wouldn't want to be in LA because I wouldn't be selling anything in LA. But if I was in Malibu, I'd be going to high-end restaurants. Um, let's see. So you want to look at where you are. If you're in Texas, I've never been to Texas, but I hear that things are pretty uh, separated out there as far as locations and logistics. So you have to just figure out where you are. And then you have to make what I call, like what I think of as a stool, right? I know they use this business stool thing in something, but with all of your sales, you have to look at it as in, I have sales from farmer's market customers. I have sales from people who buy my salts. I have a line with my salts that runs differently from everything else. I have PDFs that people can download. I have uh, grow-it-yourself kits that people buy in 
huge quantities. So I have multiple sources of revenue that come off of my business. They're all centered around growing microgreens and getting the nutrition out to other people. Now, some people, their main thing is um, they do microgreens, but they do them to chefs. And then with the chefs, what they do is maybe they do a side business where they have a bunch of chefs that are looking for, um, I don't know, some kind of mushrooms. So they decide they're going to take a little spot in their house and grow some mushrooms for these three restaurants. And that's how they make their money. Every single person I've met in this industry does not just sell microgreens alone. I haven't met one yet. Have I? They all offer courses. They offer their knowledge. They offer other products to their customers. They offer blends. They offer this, they offer that. Everybody tries to diversify slightly to continue to gain that revenue and to have other sources. Because I don't care what business you're in, if the only way you make money is from one revenue stream, it's just from the everyday consumer, it's just from business to business, it's just from this, guess what? What happens when something happens to that customer? Because when we started our business, we focused on just farmer's markets. I mean, literally, that was it. So much so that our website couldn't handle any type of online sales um, that we didn't even know all the things we didn't know at that point. But what we learned very quickly was having just one main customer and the restaurants, of course, but at the time, I mean, we were just two, we were probably four months in, so we didn't really have a huge establishment already built of restaurant customers, right? We had probably more customers out of our farmer's market. Um, and since we had to pivot in that way, we pretty much kind of stuck with our current stool, although I will tell you in the next like two weeks, it's going to do some shifting again, and I cannot wait to tell you about all the cool things that we are doing. Um, but I am waiting until I hit the market first, um, with some sales. Oh, but I will tell you. Oh, I'm good. I'm still good on time. Yeah, I talked really fast to be this good on time. See how I can instantly slow down and relax. And inhale. And exhale. Okay. So, we did decide to bring a new product to our line. What? Again? I know. That's kind of how I feel. It's hard to pivot a lot. And speaking of which, if you do make a lot of pivots or a lot of changes, think about it. Every time you make a change, you're making a fundamental and huge thing with your business. If you have a website, you gotta modify the website. You gotta change it, you gotta update it. If you take payments, you gotta update it in the payment system. If you're keeping inventory, you gotta update it there, you gotta make it there. You gotta create a system. If you've never done traceability, you gotta trace it. You gotta, I mean, there's all these things that take place. And so a lot of people, Try to keep it as simple as possible. Oh, you know, you just keep it simple. And I do agree with that. But if you guys have heard anything about the new proposed changes that may be coming into the ag market, and you know that they're expecting us to have to do more traceability. Well, guess what? Dude, I've been doing that all along. That's why I'm not worried about it. Well, I am worried about it, but for other reasons. Um, but I think that the important thing to remember is sometimes you have to to know that you're gonna not be able to just like work 10 hours a week and that's it like running a business especially a microgreens business man i think it's more work than i thought and especially those trays 
Can I get an amen on washing them trays? Swear to goodness, I don't know where they all come from. I don't know how I spent that much money at Bootstrap Farmer to have that many trays. But I'd like my money back and some clean trays, please. I'm just kidding. Um, but it's a lot of work. And with anything, any type of business, you're gonna have to spend time learning it and finding out what your your talent is, right? Because we all have talents. That's why I don't ever view anybody as competition. I think everybody's good at different things. And I think it's allowing people to be great at what they do that can make all the difference. So I try to be great at what I know I have natural skills in. And I focus on those. And I hope that, you know, I don't miss too many of the trains, you know, that come. And I have a partner who's pretty much the exact opposite as me. So usually we kind of find somewhere in the middle. So I hope you guys have a good week and I'll talk to you later. Bye.